This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This is the 50% version to close out the week. We're going to take in 90 minutes tonight, right up until 8.30, and then it's a little Rangers pregame. Rangers and the Edmonton Oilers as the blue shirts look to remain red, stinky hot, which they have been of late here as they continue their ascent up those Metropolitan Division standings, and they got themselves a test tonight against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and company. Don will have the pregame coming up at 8.30, and then Kenny Albert and Pete Stemkowski. Stemmer going to be on the call here, but we got some things to check off the list between now and then. We will do so with Julian and Chantel. They're producing the program tonight, and as always, you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. So we begin the program with kind of the game that we have been wondering aloud we have been pondering we have been speculating for the last several weeks and that is the musical chairs game of the Jets quarterback situation and today the lucky contestant or the lucky winner whatever you want to call it is apparently Derek Carr because Derek Carr after spending last week for a few days with the New Orleans Saints getting to know the Bayou and getting to know Dennis Allen's team and that organization and how they go about doing business. And remember, he has a relationship with Dennis Allen because they were together for a little bit during their time there with the Oakland Raiders before Allen got let go. But now Derek Carr, who's free. Remember, the Raiders cut him loose. So as opposed to the other free agents, everybody that's going to officially become free agents when the new league year begins in the middle of March, I think it's March 11th, 12th, 13th officially, something like that. Derek Carr doesn't have to wait until the middle of March to find a new home. Conventional free agents have to, but not guys that have been cut loose right here in the middle of the offseason, a la Derek Carr, which is what the Raiders did to him. So if he wants, he could sign someplace today. He could sign someplace tomorrow. He doesn't have to wait another few weeks. So that makes it a little bit more intriguing if you're a quarterback needy team like the New York Jets. Because now you got this guy who's there to be had, right? I I mean, you, you can have him. If he likes you, you like him, you work out the numbers, it's just money. You don't have to worry about any sort of draft pick compensation, satisfy the other team, work out a swap, convince his agents, none of that stuff. It's called, hey, you like what, you want to be here? Is this the place that you can see yourself playing football? Okay, what is it going to take financially? And then voila, you got a deal. So now that the fact that Carr has come east and he's actually touring the facility this weekend, was not there as of earlier today when I checked in, by the way. Not there earlier today. But he'll be here. I don't think he was that dead set on watching maybe the NBA All-Star festivities this weekend. So he says, you know, why the hell not? I might as well go on a free agent visit. So he came to Florham Park. So he's in the building. And let's just say he loves it. Likes the area. Likes the facility. And the facility's fantastic. It's one of the best in all the National Football League. Maybe one of the best in all the pro sports. So if you're a player and you're looking for things that you need to be successful and things that are going to satisfy you, you know, the Jets facility out there, the Atlantic Health Training Center, it it has everything you need and then some. And I'm biased because it's only like 20 minutes away from where I live, which is great. But neither here nor there. Nice place to live. You know, he's got a family. You know, if you don't want the bright lights of the big city, if you want something a little bit more quiet, a little bit more reserved, you live out there in the suburbs. Central Jersey, quiet, you get all that stuff. But more importantly, it's got to be about football. And Derek Carr is a football guy. That's always been his priority. And he's had a good career. I understand that he's fallen short of the big game, and 
you know, when you talk about the playoffs and those type of performances, remember, he's only played one playoff game. Just one. Because the other time that the Raiders made the playoffs under his watch, he was hurt. So he only played in that one game, and it was just a couple of years ago, as a matter of fact. That game in Cincinnati that they lost to the Bengals. So he's got something to prove, I'm sure. But he has been a successful quarterback. And the fact that he's actually out here and giving this thing a realistic chance maybe starts to build up the seriousness of this. And the fact that, you know, it might happen. This could actually be a thing. You know, up until this point, he was always somebody that was on the periphery. You know that he was going to be a part of this group of quarterbacks that were going to be available. But I never knew just how dead set the Jets were in terms of acquiring him. And for that matter, even my own personal inclinations, like, how, you know, how did I feel the fit was going to be? And ever if it was going to become, you know, more of a likely scenario that this could even come to fruition. Well, now I think you better start taking it seriously. Because he's in the building. And if he didn't want any part of it, he would have said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not even going to come by because, you know what, I just can't see myself being a Jet. Well, guess what? He came. So now we have to talk about this a little bit more. Aaron Rodgers, if you're sitting here and making a list of the desired quarterbacks in the order of preference, guys that can actually turn around the fortunes of this franchise, guys that can take this team to heights that they have not seen in five-plus decades, sure, Aaron Rodgers would be number one on that list. Aaron Rodgers would be, hands down, the most talented individual to ever play the quarterback position for the New York Jets. He might be the best football player to ever put on a football helmet for the New York Jets if Aaron Rodgers ever came here. But if you've been following the news, you know that this thing is way, way, way far from a certainty from happening. There are a lot of things that have to go down before you can even speculate about the possibility of Aaron Rodgers coming here. First and foremost, he's sitting in the dark right now. Right? I mean, think about that for a second. You're worrying about if this guy wants to play football. You're worrying about where he wants to play football. He's sitting in the dark right now, doing God knows what in the dark. I mean, what do people do in the dark? What do NFL quarterbacks who are four-time MVPs do in the dark? I guess only Aaron Rodgers can answer that situation. And as he was quick to tell the whole world a couple of days ago when he was on with McAfee, even the so-called insiders that are paid to cover the league, they don't know anything about him. And they're not close to his inner circle. So we kind of threw cold water on that whole theory. So the Aaron Rodgers situation, while he is clearly number one on the list in desired quarterbacks, it's probably the most difficult thing to grasp and to get your mind around because nobody knows what he's thinking. Unless you have some sort of a connection in somebody in the dark that can find a way to get a hold of him. So let's say he emerges from this thing. Then you have to figure out, okay, does he want to play or does he not want to play? And if he does want to play, does it still want to be in Green Bay? Or does he potentially want to go someplace else? You know, those Raiders rumors were like going crazy there a couple of weeks ago. But he came out and said, you know what, don't believe everything you read. Nobody knows except me what I'm really thinking. But let's just say Rodgers wants to play ball. And he's open-minded about going to a different team, including the Jets. What is Green Bay going to covet in terms of draft pick compensation? All right, you've heard all the reports. It's going to take that first-round pick and then some, which I'm under the suspicion that it's not going to cost as much as maybe you would think to get him here. 
Would you have to part ways with the first-round pick? Possibly, but there could be other ways around it, too. Remember, Favre didn't cost you a first-round pick, and they're at very similar points in their careers. Remember, Favre's last year in Green Bay was better than Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. A lot better. Favre was the runner-up for the MVP in 2007, and the Packers went all the way to the NFC Championship game and were the favorites, and then they lost to the Giants. Packers didn't even make the playoffs this year. Favre played hurt with a, bro- with a broken thumb. So you got to get around all that, and it's going to cost you a lot of money. $60 million guaranteed. It's all going into Aaron Rodgers' pocket, even though the cap hit is only about $15 bucks there, give or take. Okay, so that's number one. Then, when you're talking about realistic possibilities, and I'm not going to sit here and include guys like Lamar Jackson who are still on another team, and everything the Ravens have said is that he's not going anywhere. So you can't allow yourself to think that you could get him. And a Justin Fields situation who may or may not be moved because the Bears picking first in the draft, and what if they covet one of these quarterbacks and they decide, all right, this is the guy we want and we're going to trade Justin Fields and get a boatload of picks back. Here's the thing with Justin Fields. It was just a couple of years ago that he was in the draft, right? And the Jets were picking second, and the Jets had their eyes on a quarterback. If the Jets liked Justin Fields that much just two years ago, wouldn't they have taken him second overall instead of Zach Wilson? So what makes you think, fast forward two years, that now they want to do over And they want to trade to get Justin Fields when they could have just picked them themselves. So I don't see that happening. When we talk about realistic scenarios with this team, it's the four guys. It's Rodgers. It's Carr. It's Garoppolo. And you know what? You might as well throw Tannehill's name into the mix. But now that Derek Carr is here and Rodgers being as flaky as he is and you don't know what the hell he's thinking day in and day out, if you're a Jet fan, Can you warm up to the possibility of Derek Carr being your quarterback, not just next year, but for the next few? Given the fact that he's only 31 years of age, still has a lot of football ahead of him. The guy's as durable and as steady as they come, barely misses a game, and you know that you could depend on him. So how does that sound to you? Can you warm up to the idea of Derek Carr being under center for you Game one for the New York Jets next year. And how does that change the balance of power with this football team? If indeed he's the guy. Are you confident that he could be someone that can not only just take this team to the playoffs, but in what has become a gauntlet now in the AFC, can he get you deep enough to where you can go toe-to-toe with the Burroughs, the Mahomeses, the Allens, the Herberts, the teams that are going to be vying for a Super Bowl berth out of that conference? Jets got a lot of talent. They got a lot of foundation in place. But is Derek Carr somebody that's going to be able to put them over the top? I'll answer the question this way. Is he Aaron Rodgers? No. But if you allow yourself to take a step back and think about it realistically, isn't Derek Carr a heck of a lot better than any option that the Jets have had for decades at the quarterback position? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Love to hear from you. Because now this is a thing. This is a possibility. Like, this could happen. And it could happen soon. You never know how these visits are going to go. I mean, what if he just loves the place? And what if the Jets love him? You might have a Jet quarterback, a new Jet quarterback by President's Day. We're taking it right up until 8.30. 
A lot of stuff to squeeze into a condensed window tonight. Then it's Ranger pregame. They take on the Edmonton Oilers. Dan Gross's show right here on 9870 ESPN. Thank you. This is the Dan Grasso show on 98.7 ESPN. And we'll be back with you again tomorrow morning for our Saturday soiree, 9 a.m., so don't miss that. But we're talking Jets, talking Derek Carr, going to be in the area this weekend, touring the facility, and who knows, you know? If he likes it enough and they like him, you might have your next Jet quarterback by next week. Boy, that would be a thought, huh? Let's say hi to Ira. He's in Staten Island. He's going to be first up here on 98.7 ESPN. Ira, good evening, my friend. How are you? Hey, good evening, my friend, and from your lips to God's ears. I, I, okay, you know how I feel about Derek Carr. I've been talking about him for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, I found something very interesting today, and maybe I'm reading into it too much. All of a sudden, the Packers are restructuring contracts, and they're bringing back like Aaron Jones. They're mm-hmm. talking about bringing their tackle back, all this stuff. If I had a crystal ball, and I may sound like a complete fool tonight, I think Rogers going back to Green Bay for a year or two. I think if there's a match to be made, the Jets are going to sign Carl over the next three or four days. And then all this talk, we're going to go into the offseason finally. And I, to me, you know, maybe I'm going to be wrong. I think the long-term results, the Jets are better off with Carr than a quick Band-Aid with Rogers and try to make a Super Bowl push next year. Essentially what you're saying is, and, and this is what it would be, is that instead of potentially you only get one at bat, you get three strikes and you're out, you either hit one out of the park or you don't, or you get four at bats a game, like is what you would happen here with if you got Derek Carr, because you know it's not just going to be a one-shot deal. You would much rather have the four at bats and see what comes of it. Absolutely. And look, look at it, Joe Douglas and Stala. Let's say they Stein Rogers. And let's say it doesn't work out, whether it's one or two years, they're gone. This is such a critical decision, and it may be out of their hands because maybe he don't want to come here. But at the end of the day, I think the safer and the more potential investment is car. I'm going to stick with it till I'm proven wrong. And I don't want to hear this cold-weather nonsense. He's a professional athlete. He'll adapt to what he has to adapt to. And just keep in mind, he had how many, four, five, six head coaches over the nine years? He had X amount of coordinators. He had probably six of his seven years. He had lousy teams, and he still put up numbers like he did. I think he's a quarterback to get the Jets to where they need to go. You know what it is, Ira, and I thank you for the phone call. Um, and we'll see if it happens. And you make valid points. You do. And, and, and certainly, they need to change things around, and they need a solution. There's a lot of things that you could point to as to why things didn't go right for Derek Carr with the Raiders. Now, the Raiders are kind of a sideshow, and they have been forever. Um, the last several years of Al Davis, you know, which were kind of weird. Um, and then when his son took over, it just seems like it's a revolving door. And it looked like things were maybe starting to turn around there under Gruden. And then Gruden decided to, you know, send emails, and then that whole thing went sideways. And not only that, you know, Jack Del Rio was doing a decent job. And really what kind of upset that whole trajectory that they were on was what? Derek Carr got hurt and he broke his leg at the end of the season. You know, in 2016, he broke his leg. He was on his, Derek Carr was on his way to maybe winning the MVP of the league that year. He was playing outstanding, and I think he ended up finishing like 
second or third or something like that in the MVP race, even though we missed like the last couple of games. That was when the Raiders made the playoffs, and they had to go out there and play. Uh, who was it that started that playoff game for them? Was it Connor Cook or Matt McGloin or something? I mean, just like the worst-case scenario, and they played the Houston Texans, and they had no shot. They had no shot in the game. It was Connor Cook, Michigan State kid. You know, not a guy that you want starting a playoff game. In any, in any of your wildest dreams is what you don't want to have happen. And they did. Now, Carr's a guy also, when you talk about the Raiders, one thing he also never had during all those years he was out there, never had a great defense. I, I mean, not even like an above-average defense. Like, they, just god-awful. Like, bottom half of the league bad defense. So, you know, if you're coming over here to this team, Jets got that side of the ball figured out, right? I mean, that, that's a top-10 defense, arguably a top-5 defense. You got weapons already on the offensive side of the ball. And make no mistake about it, the Jets were a quarterback away this past year from making the playoffs. A quarterback away, including maybe even one of the guys that was on the roster this past season. I've said it many times. If Mike White doesn't get hurt, I think the Jets make the playoffs because they find a way to win at least one of those games at the end of the season, at least one. And that's all it would have taken for them to sneak in. But you want more than that. You want better than just making the playoffs. And if you're going to bring in a guy like Carr and you're going to pay him the money that he's going to want, he is, number one, your franchise quarterback. Number two, a guy who's going to be here for the foreseeable future. It's not just going to be a one-shot deal. And you're going to continue to build around him, even though he's not a young quarterback. He's not old, but he's not a youngster as we're talking 24, 25 years old. You know, he's got almost a decade already in this league. And the other thing that you like about him, too, is that for the most part, the guy plays, and that's big. Like, I just got done saying, like, what sabotaged them last year? The quarterback got hurt, and that's what did them in. You need a guy who's going to answer the bell for you week in and week out and know that not only is he your on-field leader, but he's going to be able to take the field too. That's big. Vinny's in Staten Island. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Vin, how are you? Dan, how are you, Dan? Vin, I'm great. What's going on? Dan, you got to stop talking about Mike White not getting hurt. He's 2-7 and seven as a starter. He's got 12 interceptions in his seven starts. He was 1-3 last year. Zach Wilson was 5-4 and four last year. So a lot of the things doesn't take put up. A lot of the put Wilson on the bench. The Jets go to the playoffs. The bad game was a layup. They would have been 7-4. and four. Zach wins one more game. You have to stop with Mike White. No, I mean, Vinny, I disagree with that, and I think you're wrong. And, and, I, and I, you know, Vinny, I'm not sitting here. But, Vin, here's the thing. Vin, Vin, I'm not sitting here saying that they should sign Mike White to a 10-year extension and he should be the quarterback next year. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, is that if he doesn't get hurt, they win one of those games. They beat the Lions. A Lions team that had one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and Zach Wilson went out there, and that game came down to a last-second drive, which they couldn't capitalize on. The game should have never came down to one possession. Mike White plays, and he's healthy. They would have lit that Lions team up that day. That's not true. That's not true at all. How is that not true? That's not, that's not true. Zach Wilson had a good game that game. How many they points did they score, Vin? Defense. Vin, they how many points they score? How many points they score? They scored over 20 points. No, they did. 
They lost because they lost because their coach is horrible, number one, and they lost because the defense led a 56-yard play on fourth and a half a yard to the slowest guy on the Detroit Lions team. They they scored 17 points that day, Vin, and I thank you for the phone they call. The I, I understand, and like I said. Like I said, the game should have never came down to that fourth down play. If you have an offense that could go out there and put 25 or more points on the board against one of the worst defenses in the NFL, the game doesn't come down to a mistake by your defense on fourth and two at midfield. That's all I'm saying. And please, don't misconstrue my words. I'm bringing up what happened at the tail end of last season with Mike White. I'm not saying run it back with Mike White. All I'm saying is this team was good enough to make the playoffs last year, if not for some bad luck at the quarterback position, especially down the stretch. Sam is in New Jersey. He's up next here on 98.7. Sam, good evening. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you doing? Good, Sam. What's going on? Um, I just want to say I'm hearing about the Justin Field situation, mm-hmm. possibly coming to the Jets. That will never happen. Chicago will never give up this kid. And I'd like to even say another thing to all the GMs in the NFL. Draft a black quarterback. Because Justin Fields, if he was white, and Jalen Hurst, if he was white, the year that they were drafted, they would went number one. Well, Sam, 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 I'm not going to get into this now, but I thank you for the phone call. I don't think Jalen Hurts is hurting too much right now, no pun intended. Jalen Hurts, in a matter of the next 12 months, maybe even less, is probably going to sign a contract that's going to pay him over $100 million, give or take. You know, wait till we see what the official guarantees are. Jalen Hurts is doing okay, all right? The difference with Justin Fields and the reason that the Bears are even contemplating the idea of making him available is, remember, the people that are running the show right now for the Chicago Bears are not the ones that, just, that drafted Justin Fields, okay? The Bears had a turnover in their organization, That's why, and we don't even know if he's available. This is just pure speculation. But that's the only reason that it's even being brought to the conversation is because you have a new regime, and you know how these organizations are in all sports. They want to get their own guys. You know, just because one regime felt that this guy was the right fit at quarterback, next group might not. And it goes without every other team in the NFL. How one team sees a player is not the same as how another team does. Some are right, some are wrong. But like I just got done saying about the Jets with Justin Fields, okay, if they were that high on him, they could have just drafted him two years ago when they had the second overall pick in the draft. They could have turned in the card with his name on it. If they didn't then, why two years later would they move heaven and earth and give the Bears whatever the hell they want for Justin Fields? It's not going to happen. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll have more on this coming up. Remember, we're going until 8.30 tonight, then it's Rangers pregame right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. So here's the other thing about Carr. Like, we talk about the cold weather situation. And that's why, you know, a week ago when he was making the rounds and he was down in New Orleans visiting the Saints, I thought – if, if you want to throw that to the forefront about that being a sticking point as to what would not enable him to be successful, New Orleans would seem like it would be the optimal fit, right? Because think about it. You're the Saints. You're playing half, you're playing half your games in the Dome. You're in the NFC South, which means you got a trip to Atlanta on the schedule. Okay, that's an indoor game. you got a trip down to Tampa Bay. They're in your division. That's another warm-weather game. 
So you're playing anywhere from, if you have nine home games that year, 10 to 11 of your 17 games are going to be in either indoors or warm weather climates. So you thought that the Saints thing would make sense. Now, why do I bring that up? I'm just putting out the numbers statistically. Do I hold it and say that somebody can't change and that the right situation is not going to benefit them? No, because there have been exceptions to that rule over the years in football. But Derek Carr in games where the temperature has been below 37 degrees. And how many of those do you get nowadays, at least in these neck of the woods? I mean, did you go outside today in the past couple of days? It's 65 degrees. It got a little bit chilly now, but yesterday felt like it was spring. You woke up this morning. It felt like it was a spring day. You know, there's weird stuff going on with the weather. And, I mean, I'm thinking back to the schedule last year that the Jets played. Like, how many, how many games did the Jets have where the temperature was just brutally cold? I, I can't think of one, at least at home. I mean, we're at all the home games. I mean, the game with the worst weather was that Jacksonville game, the, the last home game of the season a few days before Christmas on that Thursday night. But that's because it was pouring rain outside. You know, you can't do anything about that. Anyway, Carr in his career, games below 37 degrees. 0-7. Six touchdowns, nine interceptions. If you want to go by the most recent one, you probably remember this one. It was this year, Christmas Eve at night in Pittsburgh. Do you remember that game? If you watched it, but that was bitter cold. That was like North Pole cold. I mean, I was watching that game, and I, I was freezing just watching it on TV. But Carr that night against the Steelers, and they only scored 10 points. They lost that game 13-10. Carr was 16-30, 174 yards, a touchdown, and three INTs. One of those interceptions went right off the hand of his receiver, not necessarily his fault. I think back to another game at the Meadowlands where the Raiders came here to play in November 2019. That was Adam Gase's first year. It was another rainy, miserable day. I don't know if it was like brutally cold it may or may not have been below 40 degrees but it was pouring rain Raiders should have never got off the bus that day because the Jets smoked them the final was 34 to 3 it looked like they didn't want to play guys were dropping balls left and right um what's the kids um Hunter Renfro I I mean it, it was comical how many balls he was dropping that afternoon but Carr in that game against the Jets he was 15 to 27 127 yards and an interception All right, that's, again, a small, small sample size. But if you put him in this situation and you put him around guys that are going to go out there and make him better more than anything else, defense complementing the offense, vice versa, something that I don't think he had in totality out there with the Raiders all those years. And the one other thing I will say, though, because I'm trying to give you both sides of the discussion, Josh McDaniels, who... Some people want to think that he was there when they first had the introductory meeting to when they invented football, at least offensive football. You know, guys, a genius, all those things. Although Josh McDaniels, whenever he's done anything in the NFL, apart from Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, he's been far from a genius. But if Josh McDaniels goes to the Raiders and in less than a year decides, I don't want Derek Carr as my quarterback anymore, does that send up some red flags to you? Does that send out some concerns. Now, I know that nobody's going to be Tom Brady and nobody's going to be able to live up to those standards, but why in less than a year does he no longer want to work with this guy? When he's already under contract for a very long time, he's essentially the face of the franchise, why couldn't they work it out? Let's say hi to Louie in Westchester. 
up next here on 9870 ESPN. Louie, how we doing? Just wanted to make a quick point because it's kind of confusing me. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr are the best options out for the Jets. Um, I would say so. But everyone keeps talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm confused because Ryan Tannehill is definitely the third best option. He, Why do you I, that? I got like it was bothering me that everyone keeps talking about um, Garoppolo and how if the Jets got Tannehill, it would be horrible and all this stuff. I pulled up the the stats for Tannehill and Garoppolo, and Tannehill has completely better stats than him. Um, Garoppolo literally has one season in his whole career where he played a full season. I mean, it's. It, I feel like everyone is basing it on the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo played in a Super Bowl. But he had a great team. You just you just had a, a third string, last pick of the draft rookie bring them to the NFC Championship. It, it, football's the ultimate team sport. Tannehill. Let me ask you. Let me, let me ask you a question the, though, Louis. And I'm not going to look. You, yeah, I'm sorry. You, you can have your opinion, but let me ask you a question. Tannehill never went to a Super Bowl. Tannehill got the Titans to the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago, and that was a nice run. But was that because of Ryan Tannehill, or was that more because that was a Derrick Henry charged offense? See that, and that's and that's kind of my point. I agree with you 100. percent But Derek, uh, but uh, Brian Tannehill took the Titans to the uh, what's it called playoffs last year without Derrick Henry, and this Titans team couldn't make the playoffs this year with Derrick Henry and without Tannehill. They had a lot of other issues too this year. You know that defense I, took I, a step back as well. Um, I hear you 100%. I'm just saying you got to look at the stats. As a Jets no. fan, I would 100% rather have had Hill than Garoppolo. I'll, I'll, he's I'll a, he's say, a huge upgrade to what we had. Well, look, here's the problem, Louie, and I've never seen you throw football before, but you might be a huge upgrade to anybody that the Jets have. <laughs> it's the truth. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's the reality of the situation. And I thank you for the phone call. I'll say this about the, those two guys. The thing about Tannehill, okay, is that he's 34 years old, number one. He's 34 years old, and now he's got an injury history to him. Because remember, his season was cut short this year, and he had to have ankle surgery. So 34-year-old quarterbacks who have already got a decade in the league and who are coming off of an ankle surgery where they missed, what, almost a third of the season last year and couldn't finish it out down the stretch, that is not a position of necessarily selling yourself going into the open market here. And it's not even an open market. He's not even a free agent. But, you know, that's not a guy that screams, ooh, I can help you win. 34 years old, ankle surgery. It screams, okay, it's nice to know that you're here. We're going to keep looking. I've said this before about Garoppolo. I know that there's flaws. I know that it's not the perfect answer and the perfect solution. But Garoppolo... When he plays, and this is big, when, and durability has always been an issue with him. It always seems like he's hurt. When he plays, though, the guy wins. Okay, as a starting quarterback, regular season and playoffs, the guy's 44-19. and 44-19, that's essentially winning 70% of your games. So if you project that out over to, you know, a 17-game season, you're winning 11, 12 games. I think any Jet fan would take that. Number two. I've spoken to guys who have played with Garoppolo, been in the same offensive huddle as Jimmy Garoppolo. They swear by him. Swear by him. And this wasn't a situation to where I'm sitting there and, you know, trying to 
poke and prod an, an answer that I want to hear out of guys. This was offered up unsolicited. Couldn't stop talking about him. Leader. Accountable. Those were some of the words that they used, talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. And a lot of the stuff that he learned and a lot of the traits that he has with him on the football field, he learned under Tom Brady, they said. He absorbed all that stuff from Tom. Now, look, I know things have gotten a little hairy out there in San Francisco. And the same things that we're talking about with Derek Carr in regards to Josh McDaniels, like why would Josh McDaniels want to get rid of of, of Derek Carr, you could say the same thing. Why does Kyle Shanahan and why did the 49ers want to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo so bad, right? That they had to draft Trey Lance, that they had to move up into to the third spot in the draft a couple of years ago to get, to get Trey Lance after Garoppolo got him to a Super Bowl and was 15 minutes away from winning them a Super Bowl. And he wasn't even going to be back on the team this past year in 2022. And then they had an about face in the summertime. And like, yeah, well, you know what? We are going to bring him back. And then what happens? He plays. He starts winning games. And then he gets hurt. And then comes Brock Purdy. 800-919-3776. Let's say hi to Gio in Jersey. Up next here on 98.7. What's up, Gio? How you doing? Hey, how's it going, Dan? G, what's up? So, uh, how do you feel about like, Aaron Rodgers being Irving where you don't know You know, I'd prefer to get. Can, can you say, Gio, can you say that again? You're cutting out, in and out. I can hear like one out of every four words you're saying. Can you hear me a little better? Yeah, a little better. So I was saying um, Aaron Rodgers compared to like Kyrie Irving, you don't know what you're getting with them. Um, I'd prefer to get Derek Hart because he'll be like Jalen Brunson on the Knicks. Um, you may be getting your wins there. Um, there's only one way. You're only going up now from any other quarterback. I, I, I can't make the same comparison between Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving. I, I, I can't go there. Aaron Rodgers, at least, despite the fact all the you know stuff and the theatrics off the field and that sort of thing, Aaron Rodgers hasn't missed a game in the last five years. He's been there every single Sunday for the Green Bay Packers. You can't say that about Kyrie Irving. Right, Kyrie Irving decides to go off the reservation, do his own thing, and sometimes to his own fault, he gets suspended. That doesn't happen to Aaron Rodgers. You say what you want about him, you could disagree with the things he believes. I mean, I mean, the guy's going and living in the dark for four or five days. Who the hell wants to do that? You know, okay, it's crazy. We know that. But he's there for his guys. He plays. Remember, the guy won back-to-back MVPs just a couple of years ago. So... He still gets it done on Sunday. He does what the Packers or whatever team he's employed by are paying him to do. I I can't make that same comparison with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving wishes he has the career that Aaron Rodgers has in terms of his respected path. Rodgers is a better player as a quarterback in the NFL than Kyrie Irving is for what he does in the NBA. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, a four-time MVP. There's only one other guy in the history of the NFL, the history of the NFL, who has more MVP awards than Aaron Rodgers, and that's Peyton Manning. 800-919-3776. We'll have more on this discussion when we return. But speaking of great players in the NFL, a special one today, and I'm going to bring this up because I think that it's a pretty interesting connection, and I'll ask you guys what side you would take here. Dan Gross' show till 8.30, then it's Rangers Hockey right here on 98.7 ESPN. 
This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down to contest, and submit your entry. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for team news, tickets, and more, and catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. Dan Gross's show, we're with you till 8.30, then it's Ranger Hockey. They'll take on the Edmonton Oilers. Before we get back to the um, jet calls for a second, happy birthday is in order for a couple of greats. My opinion, I think the two greatest players to ever lace them up in their respective sports. One, of course, Michael Jordan, who turned 60 today. I mean, you talk about feeling old. The fact that Michael Jordan is 60 years old, and I guarantee you he could still step out on that court and still put 20 points up in today's NBA, hands down. He could still, MJ could still go for 20. And the other guy who's celebrating a birthday today is the great Jim Brown. Who, for my money, and yes, Tom Brady included, I, I still feel that Jim Brown's the greatest football player to ever play. Always felt that. What he did during his time, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. Okay? Only played nine years, but it's, it was like a man amongst boys for what he did during his time. So you got those two. Think about that. Those two guys sharing a birthday on the same day. You think about the stars aligning. Oh, my gosh. What, would you, what do you think is a more uh, lethal sports combo for birthdays? MJ and James, Br- uh, James Brown. MJ and Jim Brown on February the 17th. Or on, on December the 30th, you have LeBron James and Tiger Woods that share a birthday. Not too shabby. You know, that is a sports powerhouse couple of birthdays. I think I'll side with the guys who were celebrating a birthday today. Take MJ any day of the week. And like I said, Jim Brown, as good as it gets. So happy birthday to both of them. Let's say hi to, uh, excuse me, Alex in Long Island, who's up next. Alex, what's going on? Hey, Dan, how you doing there? Alex, I'm good. What's going on, bud? Good. Uh, I wanted to make a point about Derek Carr. Then I also wanted to talk about Daniel Jones a little bit. Yep. Uh, So, Derek Carr, I mean, I agree with you. It's a a red flag that that, uh, the the Raiders are letting him go. I look at them as being in the same position as us, as the Jets. And now they're going to have no quarterback, essentially. And they're giving up on him real early. I actually agree with the previous caller as well. I think Tannehill's a real good player. I agree with you that he's old and wouldn't be maybe as good a prospect for the future as, as Carr. But I think all things equal, he's, he's a better player. You think Daniel Jones is a better player than Derek Carr? I, I definitely think Daniel Jones is, but... But I, I, I was saying Tannehill is Tana- better than uh, Derek Carr. I, don't, I, I wouldn't take Tannehill over Derek Carr. I, I wouldn't. Um, Tannehill to me, look, Alex, I, I thank you for the phone call. I will say this, though. Trying to snoop around a little bit and try to get to the bottom of maybe which way they're leaning. Now, remember, Tannehill's not a free agent. Okay, so you're going to have to actually go out there and get him. But the Tannehill prospect is not as far-fetched as maybe you might think or maybe you're led to believe. I'll, I'll, I'll at least say that. But now that Carr is in the building, you know, you have the, you have the opportunity if you're the Jets to act quickly. 
and to go get something done. And there is something to be said about peace of mind and having that security because, look, in a perfect world, you've got your quarterback lined up for the next 10 years. So to be able to then continue your offseason plan, move on to the next step, because, you know, you got to worry about what other targets you have in free agency. you got to decide what type of roster moves you're going to make with the guys who are currently in your own building. Are you going to make any cuts? Are you going to ask guys to restructure? You know, you're going to be active on the trade front. And then pretty soon you got to then turn the page and get ready for the college draft and start with the scouting and the interviews with those. You want to get this thing done. So if you can get a quarterback in here and at least sleep a little bit better at night worrying about the most important position being satisfied before March 13th or whatever rolls around with the rest of free agency, I think that's a win. It's a leg up for your own franchise just to be able to conduct business as usual with everything else. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But him being around this weekend and then both sides getting to know each other, I don't think can hurt matters in that regard. All right, one hour down. We're coming back. Another half hour still to play with. 800-919-3776. We're taking it right up until 830, then Rangers pregame. Dan Gross' show here on 9870 ESPN. Kicked into high gear. He's set to be visiting the Jets this weekend. We'll see if they are indeed going to be a match for each other, given the fact that he could be signed anytime, anyplace, since his old team, the Raiders, cut him free. You don't got to wait until next month when the typical free agency starts when trying to find a new quarterback. Remember, we're back with you tomorrow, too, in our normal Saturday slot, Saturday morning at 9 a.m., so we'll have a lot more of this at that point as well. Before we get back to the phones, one other thing here real quick with baseball that happened today, which could be of particular interest for a couple of the local teams here, of course, with the Mets and the Yankees. Uh, remember the Mets swung and missed on the Carlos Correa sweepstakes. They thought they had a deal done and then uh, failed physical later, and well, Carlos is back with the Minnesota Twins here. But one of the targets potentially that could be on the horizon next offseason for Steve Cohen and company, who knows, maybe even, you know, the Yankees, if they want to open up their checkbooks at the hot corner, is going to be Manny Machado. Because Manny, who, outstanding third baseman, of course, for the San Diego Padres, he let it be known today. He said, yes, I am indeed opting out at the end of the season because he's got an opt-out in his contract, even though he's got like five years and well over $100 million still remaining on that contract with the Padres, Manny said, no, I'm going to opt out because opting out is the thing to do now in sports, especially in baseball, because he knows if he goes out and has another unbelievable season, which you expect him to, that he's going to make a heck of a lot of money. So Machado says he's opted out. So Mets might be able to get themselves a very, very successful third baseman and the guy who's going to cost them a lot of money. Very high caliber, productive, all those things, if indeed they're going to be a match. But that's way, way down the road. Just throwing it out there possibly for some fodder. Uh, let's get back to the phones. Let's say hi to Rob in New Jersey, who is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Robert, how are you? Hey, Dan. How you doing? What's up, Rob? I just, I just want to jump in on that car question. Yep. All right. You just gave the reasons why he's probably not a good match. He's really not in the clutch quarterback. He's not terribly accurate. Um, if I was going to go, and as far as um, Garoppolo goes, I think he's accurate. I think he's a leader. His problem is he's injury prone. But right. the difference is if you go with Carr, he wants a five- or six-year contract. If he doesn't bring you to the Super Bowl, you're toast because all the younger players are going to be up for their second contract, and you can't move. 
whereas you can get Garoppolo probably for a two- or three-year contract, you know, basically a prove-it contract. And if he doesn't work, he doesn't work. First, here's the thing, though, Rob, real quick. When when you say five- or six-year contract, remember, in the NFL especially, where a lot of these deals, the overwhelming majority of the deals are not guaranteed. I mean, five years, six years, that doesn't mean anything. You know, it doesn't mean that they're going to be on the team for that long. I mean, you could give, let's say, and I'm, just as an example, you could give Derek Carr a six-year contract, sign him as a free agent, and he could still be gone in two or three years. You know what I mean? It, it, it all depends on how the money is structured, you know, the guarantees, signing bonus, all that stuff. That that That's really where the details are with these NFL contracts. Number two. I, I'm, I'm going to say again what I've been saying throughout this whole process. Remember, and this includes even Aaron Rodgers, every single quarterback that we have bantied about over the last several weeks about the Jets, of them acquiring, remember, the only reason they're available is because there's some sort of a check mark against them. Because if they were the perfect candidate, if they were the ideal guy, if there were no flaws on them whatsoever, they wouldn't be available. Because the teams that they're on currently would do everything to make sure that they keep them. And they would have been under contract. They'd bring all these type of things. So there's got to be a reason why they're available. Because in the NFL, you need a quarterback. You know, you watch that game that we saw last week. You need a quarterback to be able to take you to the promised land. There have been examples, though. Of somebody like Derek Carr, who maybe has not won yet, won the big one, had a lot of playoff success. I mean, you don't even have to go that far back. It was just a couple of years ago. Couldn't we have said the same things, Rob, about a guy like Matthew Stafford? And what happened when he went to the Rams? Okay, he went to the Rams, and he led him to one Super Bowl with probably the best team in the league. And look what happened the year after. When they had injuries, he didn't make any difference at all. Garoppolo could have won on that team. Anybody well, could have he, stayed healthy. Uh, that, I, I don't know about that, Rob. Now, now look, they, they they did go all in, and I thank you for the phone call. The Rams, the Rams sold their souls, you know, and they kind of had a ha ha about it with Les Need, the GM, you know, uh, blank those draft picks, and they traded away all their draft picks because they 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 they, they, they anteed up to go win a Super Bowl, and they did. And if they didn't win it last year, then they would have been in trouble because they knew it was an older team. They had free agents and all that stuff. They sold out for one run, and they got it. But Matthew Stafford's still coming back next year, and he thinks that, you know, he could be part of getting this team back again to that place. I don't think it's going to happen. But my point is that all the things we're saying about Derek Carr, we once said once upon a time about Stafford. Remember, Stafford never won anything with the Lions, and he put up a big, you know, bunch of gaudy statistics, threw for a lot of yards, but – I think maybe took the Lions to the playoffs maybe once or twice, if that. And then they moved on from him. And then he went to the Rams, and then he got himself that championship. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that the path is going to be exactly the same for Derek Carr, but just because he didn't win in one situation and it was a bad you know, circumstance one place doesn't mean the grass isn't always greener elsewhere. Got to find out and see. Thomas is in Lindbrook. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Thomas, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. How's it going? What's up, Tom? How's things? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, just to your point about Derek Carr, I, I don't actually think, and you didn't use the term like damaged goods or anything, um, but if you remember uh, Josh McDaniel's stint with Denver, and if you remember what the first thing he did when he got there, it was get rid of Jake, Jake Cutler. So, you know, this is his MO. I think he goes into the team. 
he wants to bring in his people or you know his 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 you know his right his way of things and he wants he to wants get his rid own of quarterback and in with the new so you know I wouldn't put that against Derek Carr of like with something wrong I I think Jet fans are crazy for not wanting Derek Carr to come in here you know injuries is not a concern with him he's going to play he's going to be good and I don't know I mean that's just my thought. Would he be – Thomas, thanks for the call. He, he, to summarize it, you go like this, right? Would he be the number one choice? Would he be the ideal choice? Probably not. But if you take a step back and you remember where you are and who you are, you're the Jets, and you've gone decades without having somebody at the quarterback position who is somebody that even resembles a difference maker. If you start to look at it in those terms and through that prism, hey, maybe Derek Carr isn't that bad of a choice after all. You know, because all the numbers and, you know, that's what you kind of base some of this stuff on. Statistically speaking, even though last year was a little bit of a down year for him in terms of what we're used to seeing from him, it still would have been better off than anything that a Jet quarterback did. Remember, Derek Carr last year, okay, played 15 games because they sent him home or vice versa, mutual parting for those last couple of weeks he wasn't around. So he played 15 games. He threw 24 touchdown passes. What was the team high for touchdowns last year for the Jets? What was it, seven? With all the quarterbacks that they were trotting out there? Uh, six. Excuse me. Sorry. How dare me? I gave them an extra one by mistake. Six. So Derek Carr had four times the number of touchdown passes last year in a down year for him than anybody who started a game at quarterback for the New York Jets. So, again, is he perfect? No. But compared to what the options that they were trotting out last year for a team that was really talented and a team that was a quarterback away from making the playoffs, I don't think it's all that bad, to be quite honest with you. Chris is in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7. Christopher, how are you? Hey, Dan. I love the show. I wish you had a spot earlier in the day, too. I, I mean that. I really like what you bring to the radio but well well next uh, well how about this i I should i should have mentioned this earlier next week all week it's going to be me and bart uh alan's off so i'm going to be alan next week so 12 noon 12 to 3 all week next week monday through friday me and bart awesome so i i have a a pretty good perspective on Derek Carr for jet fans i'm a, a lifelong raider fan i've seen every one of his games and I agree with you that he's definitely a better option than the Jets have had since uh, Pennington. Is that it? Was that the guy's name? Dead Chad Pennington. Pennington. Yep. Uh, yeah, since that, that Derek Carr is a he's a top fifteen quarterback, maybe top ten. But if you think that Derek Carr's different to go to the Super Bowl, it ain't happening. Look, the guy, he's a, he's a decent quarterback. He's got to have a very, very good offensive line. And you, you've never he had a good run, defense out there, Chris. You've never had a good defense. No, but I'm just, I'm just telling you about him. He does not scramble. He gets happy feet. He's scared in the pocket. He cannot play in cold weather. Mm-hmm. So, don't, I agree with you. I, look, they have limited options, but you're not you're not winning a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. Period. 
Look, I, I mean, the chances of that happening, I mean, look, winning the Super Bowl, I mean, that's a lofty goal. I mean, not every team yes. gets a chance yes. to win them. It goes without saying. So, look, I, right. Chris, if you're sitting here and telling me that if the Jets get Derek Carr, they're not winning a Super Bowl, I, I would probably go out on a limb and say that you're probably right, just because it's hard to win. <laughs> it's hard yeah, to win, it, right? It is, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, there's, I, I don't think there's anything groundbreaking in that assertion, but I will say this, no. and Chris, I thank you for the phone call. The, the, the thing is, go back to the name I brought up a little while ago in Matthew Stafford. Okay, Matt, the, the Detroit Lions were an awful team for most of Matthew Stafford's time there. And they only made the playoffs on a couple of occasions. So everything that Chris and all the other so-called you know, anti-Derek Carr folks are saying about him why it won't work here and why it's a bad idea and why it's a bad choice and, and, and those type of things. You could have said the same thing a couple of years ago about Matthew Stafford. Like when the Rams went out there and got him, it's like, okay, the Rams are upgrading the position because they needed an upgrade, but I don't know anybody who was saying hands down that he's going to help them go to the Super Bowl, but they surrounded him with enough, and it happened. You got it done. Robert in Manhattan up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Robert, how are you? Hey, hey, Dan. First, are you there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before I forget, I know it's not St. Patrick's Day yet, but Happy New Year anyway. So uh, um, you know, you're still allowed to wish someone a Happy New Year. Uh, you know what? Save that thought, though, for St. Patrick's Day. It's a month from today, and then we'll make okay. it happen, Robert. Yeah. And i got to disagree with you very quickly on something you said. Yeah. I agree with you about Michael, but I gotta I gotta put in number ninety nine as maybe the best athlete to put uh, you know to to play. We know you know who I mean. Which ninety nine are we talking about? Gretzky, of course. I I I said though in the respective sports because it's their birthdays today. That's why I said. Oh, that. their birthdays. I'm sorry. That's I, I thought, why. Yeah. Today uh, is Michael I, Jordan I, and Jim okay. Brown's well, birthday. That's why I said that. All right. Here. There's an 18th century Hasidic aphorism that says the best answer to a question is another question. So I'm going to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Is Derek Carr, do you trust him to go into Buffalo, Kansas City, or Cincinnati and win a playoff game? Um, by himself, no. But... If he has a good team around him, I trust that team to be able to go in there and win a game. Interesting. I mean, that's what I mean. That's what it is. I mean, Robert, and, and I thank you for the phone call. I I got got hit a break here, but I mean, nobody is saying that he's going to come in. It's not like, it's not like a team, for example, like the Chicago Bears. Okay, they had the worst record in the league. They're not going to go trade for a guy like Derek Carr because they think he's going to lift them from the ashes. No. Derek Carr's a guy that goes to a team, and those quarterbacks like him, that they feel have a steady foundation, they've got a lot of talent already in the building, and they think that the play of a veteran quarterback who doesn't have to learn on the job and you don't have to nurture and help him develop like you would a rookie quarterback, he's a plug-and-play guy, and hopefully that elevates your team to where you want him to go. Simple as that. 800-919-3776. Let's get one more break in here. And remember, bottom of the hour, Ranger Hockey Don LeGrec has got the pregame. They take on the Oilers. We roll on here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>